Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. This is Rob Howe, happy to be joined again by Mike Humple from Humple Chiropractic in North Liberty, Iowa. This is our backer to cracker uh, tip of the week. And if you don't get that, Mike was a linebacker and now he's a bat cracker. Get it? Ha ha. Thanks for joining us again, Mike. What is your chiropractic tip of the week for our listeners yeah thanks rob i just want to uh, explain a little bit of who might benefit from chiropractic a lot of times people think i don't have back pain i don't need to see a chiropractor but there there are many people that can benefit from chiropractic care which is the number one most widely used alternative medicine in the world Uh, but first and foremost those looking for pain relief so Uh, Neck pain, back pain, headaches are the most common conditions we see. Uh, People even had personal injury, auto accidents, those types of things. Also see chiropractors um, for assistance. People looking for improved performance. So athletes, uh, students uh, maybe have trouble paying attention at school all day because, you know, they're uncomfortable in their their desks or their chairs. Um, Employers looking for employee wellness type programs or wanting to improve their employees' health overall so they can boost their performance uh, for their business or small business. And also, individuals just interested in whole body wellness. It doesn't have to be, uh, I'm in pain, I'm hurting, I need to see a, a chiropractor or a doctor. It can be, hey, I want to improve my overall wellness so that way I don't fall into the pain cycle and start having problems. Um, and then lastly, another Another uh, large demographic we see is the, the aging or elderly population, just to help them consistently perform their daily activities, doing the laundry, going up and down the stairs, getting up and down from the seated position. Um, you know, so it's maintaining that functional movement and that strength so that way they can continue doing the things they like to do throughout their, their lifespan. That sounds like it covers a lot of the population, Mike, and people are interested in, in seeking out more information and possibly connecting with you as, as a patient, we encourage them to visit humplechiro.com. The phone number there is 319-325-3558. And the address is 1295 Jordan Street, Suite 6B in North Liberty, Iowa, 52317. Thanks, Rob. Joining Mr. Suter, here's Pat Hardy from HawkFanatic.com. Well, morning, gentlemen. Speaking of uh, Mormon Trek Boulevard, it has now been ex- McAllister opened up today. So you can go all the way from one the far side of Coralville to Sycamore on one road. So that's pretty cool, I would say. So how are you doing, Pat? I'm much better after hearing that news. Yeah. 
and it's a good good stuff it's all good stuff good weekend the weather was absolutely amazing i hope everyone got out and you know did some yard work and maybe even got your christmas lights up did a lot of walking but it was a a fabulous weekend great game yeah notre dame won they did uh and rushed the field yeah that's not the wisest thing i've ever seen but you know that's sports and uh Let's hope that they don't pay with a lot of lives because of it. Yeah, I worry more about the older people that the students may well, that, that's cross paths yes. with, because so. most of them will probably be fine. But yes, yeah, I was just—it was just nice to see Notre Dame actually win a big game for a change. So should we spend? Well, should we? T- what would our listeners do if we just had Don break down the Notre Dame Clemson <laughs> game? I think We've that got would go Don away. on the line, by the way. Okay. Well, then let's let Don answer that himself. <laughs> well, Don, what do you think of that Notre Dame Clemson game? What do you think of that? And make it snappy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, I would like to have seen the game played with with Lawrence in at quarterback yes, for Clemson. Of course, yep. I would too. Yep. Because I and the backup quarterback's a good player, but obviously they think that Lawrence is better and. I can't argue with that. Uh, it would have been uh, maybe an even more interesting game if he would have played. But a great win for Notre Dame. I'm happy for them. As you may or may not know, Jeff Quinn, their offensive line coach, was my old boss at Buffalo, That's and he's right. an excellent football coach. That's excellent. right, and they got a great offensive line. They And if they want to do something this year, I mean, they got three seniors on that offensive line. So, And I will say, Don, that quarterback is huge. He's like Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's like 6'5", yeah. 250. Two freshmen from California. So that was a fun game for me personally, but so was the Iowa game. I mean, I thought Iowa was going to win, but I hadn't won it by two points. Don, was Saturday's game more about Iowa or more about Michigan State, would you say? You know, I think it was more about us. I think uh, I think Michigan State ran into a very, very determined um, group of Iowa players. Uh, you've heard me oftentimes, Pat, talk about the game is really three games in one. Mm-hmm. You've got your offense versus their defense, your defense, of course, versus their offense, and then kicking unit versus their kicking unit, whatever the kicking unit might be. Uh, if you earn all all three of those, if you win all three of those, you, you often get into a one-sided game, and that's exactly what happened. Let me just really quickly uh, uh, summarize it. Our defense, their longest run was nine yards. Mm-hmm. That's a really good sign. They did not get out the gate on any runs whatsoever. Three interceptions, of course. We never allowed their quarterback to be comfortable. Lombardi looked like he was under duress the whole game. Uh, so that was a great sign. Uh, on offense, no turnovers. It all starts with turnovers. We were plus three on turnovers. Mm-hmm. They're going to win that game just about every time. Uh, great balance between run and pass. We were 59% run for the day. And based on all of last season, you might recall the best percentage for winning is anything 60% run or higher. So we were right there where you need to be. And then last but not least, let's just talk specifically about punting game. And and let's just talk in terms of net punting. I don't really care what the averages are so much as what the net is. Um, Our guy averaged 45.9. There were no return yards. So his net punting was 45.9 yards per punt. There's, on the other hand, because of Charlie Jones' five returns for 105 yards, that knocks their net punting all the way down to 30 yards per punt. And that means every time we traded punts, we picked up almost 16 yards of field position. And uh, that's a great way to win football games. And speaking of field position, think about this. Their best field position in any of their 16 possessions was the minus 36. And that was the last possession of the game. Their average starting field position was the 19.8-yard line. Uh, 
Uh, it is a difficult game when you got to go 80 yards on average every time you get out there. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, Charlie Jones looks really. Wasn't com- he terrific? He looks really comfortable returning punch down, but he's also a little quicker and shiftier than maybe I expected. He looks pretty good out there. You know, you're exactly right. I made the comment. He he does have uh, a good little spurt when he decides to take off, mm-hmm. uh, and he's got very good vision. Yes, um, he's not hesitant. Of course, he's a really, really reliable fielder. I don't want to jinx the poor guy, but uh, you've heard me say through the years the most difficult skill in football is fielding punch. And he makes it look easy. So, uh, and he does have that burst that you're looking for. Uh, let me back up. Charlie would probably say, "Well, that that return for the touchdown. That's what we call a returner. If a ball comes out with no hang time, uh, that's the phrase we always used to use. Here comes a returner. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a great chance to take this one back because they're simply not in position to cover. Uh, so he he filled it on the fly, and of course he had some good blocks all, along the way. Uh, and again, he's he's got. Good vision. You know, he knows where the daylight is. He runs to daylight. He runs without hesitation. Those are all good things. On the one he returned for the touchdown and on a number of others, he started to his right, took a couple steps to his right, and then cut it back real sharp to the left, upfield, and uh, blue sky and green field for him. Yeah, he's not Tim Dwight, don't get me wrong, but he had a Tim Dwight impact on that game Saturday. Would you agree with that, Don? Yes, and he's certainly above average as a punt Oh, without question. Mm-hmm. Without question. No, he makes it look pretty natural. Now, I was asked yesterday in a conversation, who would you pick as Iowa's MVP one-third of the way through the season? And I said without hesitation, the punter. God, I he's mean, been I mean, I mean, I know you could really argue that because he doesn't play all the time, but, man, has he been big with giving them field position. Yeah, he really has. He's done well uh, in all three games. He hasn't had an off day yet. No. Uh, maybe uh, – uh, maybe lack of knowledge is a good thing. He didn't realize it's actually he's supposed to actually be under stress when he goes out there. <laughs> and obviously he's never punted in a stadium filled with fans, nor will he for the rest of this season. So that's thing. Don, what do you think of the offensive line? I was watching them pretty closely, and I thought they played about as well as they um, – easily their best game by far. I thought they were pretty good. What do you think? Well, I think we run, won the game convincingly in large part because we dominated the line of scrimmage yes. on both offense and defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you what's a great sign. You know, we had a, a different right guard to start this game. Uh, as I recall, mm-hmm. Ensign and Van Wert kind of sh- shared that position and, to some degree. Uh, Kallenberger made it started right tackle, of course, because Coy was injured. Uh, and that's a great sign that we had some other linemen play well that people hadn't seen so much. Uh, I've always said this, and I'm pretty sure Kirk would agree with me, because I think I originally heard it from Kirk as an offensive line coach. Bare minimum, you need to find a way to come up with eight players yep. that can play winning football mm-hmm. in your own line. That means you need you need three tackles, you need three guards, and of course you need a backup center, uh, all of which can play winning football. So, uh, and one of those three guards and one of those three tackles, of course, has to be able to play either right or left. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there needs to be one guy that can swing from one side to the other. Um, so I think we, we might be uh, on the verge of having that, maybe having as many as eight offensive linemen that we feel good about. And Jackson continues to lead. I watched it again. Many plays where maybe somebody dropped a pass or somebody – he's the first one to greet them after the play before they go to the huddle. Over and over I see Pat him on the back. Pat him on the back, yep. give him a fist pump. I, mean, I just didn't see that last year, and I continue to see that with him. And – I, I just maybe it's a little thing, Don, but I think it, it just seems like this team is unified, and a lot of these seniors are being leaders. Yeah, I think you're right. We're getting good leadership out of our out of our older players. 
you know, 54 and 57. I think you can count on on Nixon and Golston to play well yes. pretty much week in and week out. Yep. Those guys you can rely on. Uh, here's what pleases me. I, I keep noticing Van Valkenburg. Yeah. And I'll give you an example yeah. of just a good, smart football play. Uh, he's lined up on the right side of our defensive line, uh, and he's looking in toward the ball, which is what he should do. Uh, and I think there was a there was a motion man coming his way, uh, and potentially he was going to receive the ball on a fly sweep. And Van Valkenburg on the snap, he doesn't squeeze tight off that offensive uh, offensive tackle. He runs up the field and he's waiting on the guy when he has the ball yes. for a nice little tackle for loss. He's he just a smart football player. You're not going to convince me that he didn't see that fly sweep coming and knew that potentially it's going to be a handoff and I'm going to be in position to play it because I'm not going to, I'm not going to make the mistake of just running inside off that offensive tackles, uh, help. I'm going to work my way up the field and be able to defend that play. And uh, a lot of people run that as a read play and, and the quarterback would have to read that end man on the line of scrimmage. And if he's up the field, the quarterback's got to take seriously about pulling the ball. Of course, I don't know if that was a read play for them or not. My guess is it was just a handoff and uh, it wasn't a decision on the part of the quarterback to give or not give. Van Valkenburg is very intelligent. He's already he's studying for his master's here with an emphasis on political science and Russian studies. So, well, I mean, he's an interesting story. And another one, Don, and you've mentioned him before, I thought Seth Benson continues yes. to play. The way yes. he pursues from sideline to sideline, he jumped over a defender to make a tackle. I continue to be impressed with him. Yeah, you know, it seemed to me that um, that one particular player didn't stand out over a lot of other players, and that's a good sign because that's called team defense. Mm-hmm. You know, people are people are competing against each other to get to the ball, and maybe that means that you don't you don't see a free safety like Kerner in game one have to make thirteen tackles. Um, I think that was game one where Kerner had mm-hmm. more stops than any other time. Um, you know, the front seven, of course, took care of the running game. Um, safety's probably made virtually no tackles in the run game um, because we handled it up front. Riley Moss had, had uh, I thought, a pretty darn good game, especially with his pick six. I think I saw where uh, 13 consecutive seasons the Hawkeyes have had a pick six. Yes. And how amazing of a stat is that, Donnie? Yeah, it is a good stat. Uh, I'm aware over the last five years in the in the Big Ten, if you score a touchdown on defense or score a touchdown in the kicking game, your odds of winning the game are 75, 76%. One of them was 75, one was 76. Obviously, if you do both of those, my guess is the percentage goes up maybe to 100%. I don't know if you've, I don't know if there have been very few games lost if you scored once in the kicking game and again in the uh, on defense and. We got that done. Here's one thing that I laughed about, and I, I'm glad to see Riley understand this. I've always reminded our defensive players, listen, whatever you do, how often do you see a guy intercept a pass, and then he's over toward the sideline, and, and with just a little bit of encouragement at all, he runs out of bounds with the ball. I always told our guys, listen, please understand, on an interception or a fumble recovery that you can advance, uh, don't forget that those five offensive linemen aren't really geared to tackle anybody you know those guys are big and slow and you're you're a skilled player in the back end as a as a cornerback and don't run out of bounds with the ball you know find a way to stay inbounds and obviously your teammates are trying to put themselves in position to help you with a key block here and there 
And uh, that's how you end up with returns for touchdowns. So it was great that uh, he actually worked his way back to the boundary, but he had a very good awareness of where the boundary was, and he didn't inadvertently run out of bounds either. Mm -hmm. And then looking at Spencer Petrus, he's not a storyline, which is a good thing because he was he did his job. He just talk about Spencer's performance, Don. What'd you think? Sure. Well, the thing that plays me, let's uh, let's give Brian credit for calling a good game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I like the fact that we had a really good mix of running pass, even on the first possession. I think that first drive was forty-four yards rushing and thirty-six yards passing five and three uh, yep. i always said and i always used to sell this to recruits we're the kind, back in the old days i used to say we're the kind of offense that can run for 301 weekend and throw for 300 the next and that makes you hard to defend uh and our numbers were not that gaudy but we had good balance that's the point we had very good balance between run and pass and the thing that i like too uh, which quarterback felt like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders that would be the one wearing green and white uh, our guy um, had a lesser role in, in um, the game in that he had an opportunity just to hand the ball off a few times. Yeah. Took a little pressure off him. We took some of the load off Petrus, and I think Petrus, I should say, and, and I think that, that made him even more comfortable uh, throughout the game than, than what Lombardi was. Even though Lombardi had an edge on experience, you wouldn't know it by, by no. how the game played out. I know when I was talking to Chuck Long last week, he said one of the best things he did in the 1982 season was hand off. To running backs. That... Yeah, exactly. It gives the quarterback a good chance. Obviously, we've talked about it before. If you can establish the run, that makes play-action yes. passing even more effective. And uh, and obviously, it, uh, quarterbacks have a lot of pressure on them anyway. So if you can take some of that load off the quarterback, especially a young quarterback, that's a good thing. There's a, cu- a couple things that concern me a little bit about uh, Spencer Petrus, if, if you can address them for me. Um, it seems like he's throwing into a lot of tight, hotly contested windows when maybe there's other people that could be open. And also he's throwing on those little crossing routes, he throws them too hard and we're knocking, we're tipping the ball up in the air. And that's happened quite a bit so far this season. How hard is it to take a little bit off some of those throws? It's not that hard. It's uh, you know obviously you, um, I always like to think of it this way. You know his his um, firmest throws, of course, have a lot of velocity. So if you think of yourself as a baseball pitcher, the the simple thing to remember is not everything can be a fastball. You know there's there's a place to take a little pace off throws. Those drive routes, those those routes where the guys run across the field at a at a short depth, uh, those balls need to be thrown firmly, but certainly not a fastball. you got to take a little bit of pace off the throw, and maybe more important than that, you need the ball out in front of that receiver so he can take it in full stride and be able to run with it. And, and there's no doubt, Petrus up until now has a tendency to throw the ball slightly behind the mm-hmm. receiver. And also, worse yet, behind and high. That's a bad combination. Uh, we were lucky. There was a tip pass on another drive route. Yeah. And lo and behold, it ended up in another receiver's hands on our side. And that was that was good, but that was luck. Because let's face it, when the ball goes into the air off a tip pass, there are all kinds of defensive eyes that are on the football when the ball's thrown and tipped or muffed. And, um, and so often, if the ball's in the air any length of time, it's going to end up in the hands of somebody wearing the wrong shirt. You guys probably will remember, we had this exact same conversation about Nate Stanley back in 2017. We sure did. And Chuck Long said the same thing about Nate back then that he said last week about Spencer. It'll come with time, but it's 
often one of the things that separates quarterbacks, Don, the ability to throw with touch, the ability to throw into tight windows and without making your receivers adjust. I mean, that's that's what makes great exactly. quarterbacks. Your job is to make them look good. You heard me say before, and it's really true. Aaron Rodgers is the best example. I think Drew Brees is a great example. Uh, honest to God, uh, Aaron Rodgers knows where the ball needs to be. And yeah. I think on almost all throws, that ball arrives within a foot of where it should be. That's how accurate he is on those throws. And, of course, a, a college quarterback, a young college quarterback, is not going to throw with that kind of accuracy. But it, it all ties into having a grooved throwing motion, being sure that your footwork is good and always stepping at the target, uh, guarding against overstriding, because when you overstride, you tend to overthrow. Another thing that comes to mind when – when um, Spencer's running naked, you know what I mean, by a naked, just yeah, faking one yeah. way and rolling the, yep. the other way, uh, he needs to concentrate again on keeping the throw down. doesn't have to be thrown hard. It just has to be thrown with accuracy. Uh, and on sprint passes, uh, he's got a tendency to not turn downhill enough. You know what I mean by downhill, headed across across the formation, um, across the yard line from which you started. You know, mm-hmm. if you get eight-yard depth as you sprint, then when you release the ball, you should be no deeper than three or four yards from the line of scrimmage. If you run more to the boundary, you're forced to throw the ball across your body, and that's when you get inaccurate with those throws. That's another thing. Uh, that's something for you to work on, too. Don, that's I'm another- sure he's hearing that from Coach O'Keefe. Uh, but those are uh, good things for any young quarterback to hear. Sure. Now I want to shift to the running backs because another thing that I continue to be impressed with Brian Ferentz is the way that he's keeping all three. I mean, Ivory Kelly Martin had a couple – that catch, he's playing. I mean, they're, he's keeping all three of these guys involved, but it's clear that Goodson is the starter. But just talk about how Brian is implementing all three of these guys. He's using them. Yeah, and my guess is that responsibility for who's in the game probably falls to the running back coach. Sure. Uh, Brian yeah. certainly has the authority, of course, to tell the, the backfield coach to put in a different player. But uh, but whoever's making that decision is doing a good job of, uh, of inserting a new back at the right time. Uh, you've heard me say before, the beauty of having three running backs you can trust is that you will never, ever play with a tired running back. If you do, shame on you because you're the guy that has the – the uh, option of putting in another back that's fresher than the one that just carried the ball. I, mean, I would like to see more Ivory Killiam. I think he's good. Well, I, I mean, do too. I, I mean, he had that. He, what was that? A pass? That little scream? He turned into a, a, a decent beautiful. game. Yeah. yeah, I just I like him, and I think they're trying to figure out ways to get him more involved. But Goodson shows you. I mean, you give him enough touches with some decent block, and he's going to break one. I mean, he's he's that good. And I, you know, uh, there's reason to be optimistic about the running game. After, I mean, just yeah, like is. last week. I we think were... those guys, to some degree, I think they kind of feed off each other. Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, it's believe me, I'm sure, it's it's competition to see who gets the most snaps and who sure. gets the yards. Uh, but it's friendly competition. Those guys are teammates. I think you can sometimes on the bench see them celebrating the success of the guy that's playing the same position. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not, a, I've always reminded our guys, it's never about you. It's always about the team. And if you don't understand that as a player, then you and I are not going to get along. And I'm sure the coaches have that same mentality. Uh, you know, this this game is bigger than all of us. The only way that we can accomplish great things is to all be pulling together. Last but not least, uh, offensively, the tight end. I thought uh, Sean Beyer was targeted a lot more uh, Saturday. What did you think about the tight end play? Well, the, the good thing that I can recall is I don't recall any drop passes on the part of the tight ends. They had a lot of... They had more routine throws. There were not so many throws down the field. Uh, but let's face it, you know, the key to offensive football is moving the chains. And, uh, you know, if you can find yourself in second and medium all day long, you're probably going to win the game. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, second medium, of course, becomes first down a lot of the time. And if not, it becomes third and short. And uh, that gives you a better chance to, to convert. Just to give you an idea of analytics, uh, we won the top nine individual parameters for winning. And we won 12 of the top 14. One of those parameters that's high on the list is critical down conversion success. And, yes, we beat Michigan State there, too. Uh, let's talk about the one. One was a tie and one was a loss. Our loss was super explosive plays. That would be those plays that are 30 yards or more. Uh, we had one. They had two. You remember them both, of course, 56 and 57-yard goal routes. Uh, Moss beaten once. Hankins beaten once. And those guys better get ready. Deep balls are coming. Yeah. If I was a Michigan State fan, I would have been upset uh, with the fact that we that we didn't try to test Iowa deep more often because twice it was successful and they should have done it more. Well, Rocky was running for his life most of the game. And when he wasn't running, he was making really bad throws. Yeah, he, he didn't have a great day. Yeah. You know, let's talk about another thing. One of the things I liked, we, we displayed a little bit of a killer instinct. Let me explain what I'm talking about. We're up 21 nothing. We're in the middle of the second quarter, uh, and that's not enough. Uh, you know, we end up with our, our pick six. We end up with our punt return. Now, all of a sudden, it's 35 nothing. Uh, and and the way I always used to explain it to our players, we want to have the mentality of a boxer or a wrestler. If we have a chance to knock them out, then let's do it. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to let them hang around. You've seen wrestling matches and boxing, boxing matches too, where um, where the the uh, athlete is allowed to still have some kind of chance to win. And sure enough, in the third round of a boxing match, I'm sorry, of a wrestling match, or the or the tenth round of a ten a uh, 10-round fight, um, the underdog lands a lucky punch. And, and even though you had the lead, you lost the lead. You lost the lead uh, in wrestling or boxing. Same thing can happen in football. Don't allow them to get back in the game. You know, if you have a chance to knock them out, do it. And the beauty of that, too, is now that the game's one-sided, now you have a chance to play the backup players. It's good for morale. It's, uh, it's healthy to get those starters out of there before they're uh, – obviously you're a little more susceptible to injury when you're tired. So if, if they have a chance to watch the last 10 minutes of the game, I think that's a very good sign. Uh, let me mention one thing that happened as it relates to Coach Tucker, and I think you'll find it interesting the way I think on this, but I think you'll agree with me when you hear it. Uh, Coach Tucker sent the wrong message to his team, middle of second quarter or maybe even a little bit later. It's 21 nothing. You know what I'm going to talk about, of yeah. course. Fourth and five, they went for a 48-yard field goal, which is into the wind. They missed the field goal anyway, but as soon as I saw that, I thought to myself, that is a mistake because the players are going to take that to mean the coaches are afraid we're going to get skunked today. We're, we're down 21 nothing and we're kicking a field goal that's not even a high-percentage kick. And let's face it, even if the field goal is good, it's still a three-score game. You know, an 18-point mm-hmm. lead is almost as good as a 21-point lead. So that was a mistake. He should have gone for it. Uh, he would have been, with a 48-yard attempt, he would have been on either a 30- or 31-yard line. Uh, fourth and five is not easy, but what the heck? We're in desperate situation. Yeah. We're down by three touchdowns. Let's do what we can. Let's show some confidence in the players. Let's go rather than, than line up for a field goal that's just going to guarantee that we don't get skunked today. Nobody nobody likes that mentality. you got to play to win, not play to look respectable. I hadn't even thought about that, but that's why you're the coach, Don, and I'm sitting here in the radio station. That um, That's a really good point. Now, I want to look ahead to... Um, Tom, how confident yeah. are you going? I think... Uh, 
I'm half confident going into the game because uh, Minnesota's defense has been very, very porous, and uh, I'm confident we're going to be able to do well when we have the football. Well, Donnie, I, I did my Big Ten power rankings today, and we can talk about them later, but I said that I Minnesota is going to probably have to score at least 30 points to beat Iowa. Do you agree with that? You know, I, uh, or I, I don't know. That's a good question. I would I would like to believe that. I would like to think that we could put up 30 points or more. Uh, it's hard to say. This is a short week, of course, it and is. we're the ones that have to travel, yep. the game being on Friday night. Um, Minnesota did bounce back. I haven't seen mm-hmm. I haven't seen that sixty minute version of the game yet on the Big Ten Network. I am anxious to see it because I didn't know how Minnesota might respond. Ibrahim looked really they good. They responded pretty well. Yeah, Ibrahim yeah. had um, two hundred. I, I do know that Bateman is a very good receiver, um, and I, I don't know that he's got the speed maybe of of um, of even the receivers from Michigan State. But I do know he's tall. He's got excellent ball skills. Uh, you can bet that ball's going to go up to Bateman a few times on Friday night, and we better be ready. Oh, yeah. On Abraham, what he had over 200 yeah, yards. Yeah, over rushing. 200 yards for the second game in a row, and he's uh, he's been dominant. Yeah, and I think Iowa's going to have to score at least three touch, three, four touchdowns to win. I think it, it could be a very entertaining game. And I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Minneapolis on Friday night, but I mean, it's supposed to change dramatically here this week in the Midwest, isn't yeah. it? Yep. So, so Don, when you look at the Big Ten right now, I, I mean, I tried to do these, and obviously, it's, to me, the gap between Ohio State and the rest of the Big Ten is as wide as I've seen it. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing, but, I mean, looking around, I mean, what surprises you more, Maryland being 2-1 and one or Michigan being 1-2? and two? Uh, How about uh, Penn State being 0-3? 0-3, exactly. Yeah, I will, but Penn State has <laughs> at least had a lot of injuries and – they they they're down to like their third or fourth string running back, aren't they? They I mean they but yeah, you're right. Penn State being 0-3-2, but I mean how do you explain it all can't be COVID. I mean the but it's just a strange year so far. Yes, it is a strange year. Uh Maryland you know, Maryland has always had big play potential. They've always got somebody that's capable of hitting a home run, maybe several somebodies. Mm-hmm. Uh and and um they've had some success now and, and a lot of them have been big plays, it seems to me. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen up ahead. It, it does appear that Ohio State, um, this is pretty impressive if you're a Buckeye fan. I believe the last 15 Big Ten games have been a point spread of, of double digits. Nobody's been within 10, or maybe within 10, but not within 9 of Ohio State. Maybe there have been a, a few 10-point games in there, but typically it's two or three touchdowns or more. Uh, Ohio State certainly appears to be our best chance uh, for the playoffs, and um, and I don't know that anybody can touch them. If they're on top of the game, I think they'll probably they'll probably be unbeaten through these eight games, and then and then probably win the championship game too. Uh, but we can't worry about those guys, of course. We just have to focus on on being the best version of ourselves. Uh, let's face it, the West is wide open yeah. at this point, um, and um, I don't know if winning out is going to be enough. But what encourages me, we certainly have a chance to win out. There's nobody on our schedule that's as good as Ohio State. We have a chance to win them all, and the other side of that coin is we're capable of losing them all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's okay. That's that's true for I would say that's probably true for 13 out of the 14 Big Ten teams. You know, we, uh, you asked about the weather. Uh, yeah. It will be uh, there's snow, uh, some snow predicted Thursday, Friday, sunny, 37. Uh, for the high Oof. and lows uh, in the uh, mid to upper 20s. 
See, I've, I've got 40 degrees and sunny for uh, during the day, Friday, the day. probably, and then 33 is a low. So it's yeah. we must be looking at different services. I'm looking at Weather Channel. Uh, so it'll be bearable. Uh, I mean, it won't be. Yeah. I mean, it'll help if there's no precip and wind, obviously. So hopefully the weather winds. Won't. I've got five to ten. Okay, miles. so I mean that's bearable football weather, Don. You know that. I mean that shouldn't impact the game too much. I wouldn't think. Yeah, that's true. If anybody's that worried about the weather, then they shouldn't be out there. No, that's true. And I'm well. We can worry about it. I don't think the players really care about it. So um, you look at this Minnesota game. I think Minnesota is going to try to establish the run. I mean, Ibrahim is really good. How confident are you with Iowa's run defense going into this game, Donnie? Well, it's been pretty solid it in has. all three games. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of uh, of who really um, gashed us in no, the sir. run game. You know, we've been pretty solid. Uh, I think you need to be strong up the middle. You know, and we're getting we're getting um, pretty good play from our front seven. You know, not great play. We're not a dominant front, but we're certainly above average. I'd say with run defense. Um, reliable tackling, especially out of out of Kerner. I think he's a reliable tackler. Um, you know, it's all about position on the football, and and Phil Parker does a good job of teaching that. Players understand; uh, they understand leverage. You know, if I'm supposed to take on a ball carrier with my outside shoulder, I'm going to do that. If I'm not supposed to take him on with my inside shoulder, I'll certainly do that too. And the, the key, of course, is just to know where your help is. Uh, as a defender, you need to know where your help is, and and obviously your goal is to always have uh, two players that are that are putting a clamp on on that ball carrier that's in between them. That's what you're looking for all the time. The running back for Purdue, Horvath, had a big second half. Mm -hmm. That's where it looked like maybe Iowa got a little tired. That's the only time where I've seen the run defense get compromised a little bit. I mean, Northwestern just kept – Bowser had a good good game. Yeah, but not like the running back. The guy from Minnesota has a few things in common with Horvath. He's not as big, but he's he's thick and he's strong. Very thick, yep. Uh, And, uh, you know, he's – I don't think he's going to wear out – with the way the game plays, it looks like he's capable of carrying the ball 25 or 30 times if he needs to, and they may certainly be feeding it to him on Friday night. Well, and this is interesting, too, because I think both Iowa and Minnesota had pretty high expectations after winning 10 and 11 games, respectively. This game's big. The loser falls to 1-3. and three. I mean, mm-hmm. th- this is – I'm not saying it's a season-saving game, but, Donnie, this is a big game. You fall to 1-3, and three, it's going to be tough to – to stay, just talk about that from a numbers point. One game doesn't make a season, but this will really send these teams in different directions. Yeah, I think so. And I think our players are certainly going to reckon in. Minnesota is a stiffer challenge than Michigan State for oh, several reasons. Question. You know, Michigan State has a new coaching staff. The players don't really know the coaches that well yet. Minnesota has to go on the road. And even though there's not a huge crowd on the road, uh, you still have to go through that exercise of, of getting on and off an airplane and being in a hotel that you've never been in. Mm-hmm. and and um, being in surroundings on game day that you're not really used to either. So Minnesota has the advantage this week in terms of location. Uh, and I do think that, that uh, they understand uh, there, were, there were high expectations for Minnesota to start the year, and uh, it's going to be difficult to meet those expectations without a win on Friday night. Of course, that's exactly the same situation we're in. Yes, There are high expectations on this end too, so it really is a game with a lot riding on it. And um, the winner's going to be feel, feeling good about what might happen over the last um, the last half of the conference season. And the loser, of course, is going to uh, be struggling to get back up off the mat the next week. Danny, take a quick look at uh, another matchup that's probably going to take place, Wisconsin at Michigan. 
Michigan sitting there at a surprising one and two at this point. Wisconsin played a lights out first game against an outmanned uh, Illinois team, but they haven't gotten back on the field since because of uh, COVID. What are your thoughts on that? And uh, if the game's played, how, how rusty will Wisconsin be? Yeah, that's a good question because it really is almost like it's almost like another game one. Uh, now you do recall, of course, they looked pretty good in game one, uh, but I would suggest to you, as we talked about at the time, Illinois uh, is anything but a powerhouse football team. Um, Michigan, and you say it's at Ann Arbor, is that right? Yes. I don't know where the games play. Yeah, at Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor. Well, my gosh, Michigan was such a proud tradition of football. If those guys have any any kind of character, and I believe they probably do, um, you know they're going to respond in uh, much the same way that Iowa responded last week against Michigan State. Their backs really are to the wall, and and uh, you're going to come out fighting. That's what that's what anyone with any with any backbone would do. And I suspect that that um, Wisconsin is going to see Michigan's very best on on Saturday, and the complicated of course they're having to deal with the fact that they haven't played a football game in quite a while. I think I read where Michigan only had 13 yards wow. rushing. And, Donnie, it's not – It's I did a lot of – I read a lot of the postgame stuff. It's getting pretty negative up there. Fans are starting to – the Harbaugh love is definitely worn off. I mean, what – I mean – What's what's wrong? Why why is why is it not working there? What I mean, I don't. Well, I don't... it sounds like just from listening to the to the studio host talking about the game, Don Brown has got an excellent reputation as a defensive coordinator, but I will admit, you know, and this is what the the different commentators have mentioned, he's very stubborn. You know, he wants to play a lot of man coverage. Well, when you play that way, those corners are really exposed. Yeah. And I don't think they have. A, I think one of their best corners maybe came out early. I think decided to not play and getting ready for the draft. And uh, those corners are getting picked on a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's um, that's got to be a concern. I think Wisconsin's got at least one of those experienced receivers back. I forget the guy's name, but he's a, Danny he's a Davis. proven Big Ten receiver. Danny Davis is um, that. What's his name? I'm sorry. Uh, Danny Davis. That's one. There's another one. There's another one. I can't remember his uh, name right now. He, he, was it Nico Collins? Yeah, he, you're right. Denny Davis is proven also. So they get at least a couple of proven receivers. And, of course, they looked good at quarterback in game one. Uh, so um, Michigan may have to, you know, it's it's maybe a matter of pride with Coach Brown that they're going to be good enough to hold up in man coverage. But, you know, there's an expression, discretion is the better part of valor. You know, if it's not working for you, then don't be so hard-headed. Let's, let's make them beat us. Let's not allow them to – let's not shoot ourselves in the foot. Let's, let's put our best foot forward. If that means um, compromising and playing more zone coverage and playing more off coverage and just trying to keep the ball in front of you, I think they got killed on big plays yep. uh, in that Michigan State game. I know they did. They had Michigan State had six plays that were worth 232 yards. <sighs> Uh, and, you know, the game plan wasn't very complicated. They just threw the ball up a lot. And, frankly, if I was a Michigan State fan, I'd wonder why they didn't throw it up more against Iowa, too. One reason is maybe the quarterback ran out of time a few times. Yeah. You know, we did a really good job of making Lombardi feel uncomfortable. And uh, he seemed to, to be a little bit out of sorts. I'm not sure that he doesn't have some kind of minor injury. that He did seem to be limping. Because a couple of times he did not do a good job of transferring his weight to his front foot. No, you're right. On those throws that need to be thrown with velocity, he didn't get that done. So I think he's a little bit nicked up. They may not want to admit it. Maybe the backup really is uh, considered to be more of a drop-off. They did play their backup at the end, as I recall. Yeah, but yeah. 
he, he really doesn't have any proven experience. So Don Davian twice now has been flagged for what do they call it when he's you, um, disconcerting signals. Is yeah. that happening because the stadium's you know, the empty? Fu- the funny thing about the fact that we don't have a lot of crowd noise. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I asked. Sudden, it's it's easier for that umpire to figure out what just happened. So you know, there's not as much noise from the crowd. So if a if a defensive lineman is is mimicking a snap count, it's a little easier for the um, the officials to pick that up without the crowd noise. If it was a loud stadium, you know, that defensive lineman maybe would be even louder in mimicking the the uh, snap count, but no one would be able to hear him, of course, because of the crowd noise. Um, my guess is when we line up against uh, Minnesota, I think your listeners know this, before every game the head coach meets with the referee, the guy in the white hat, the guy in charge, mm-hmm. and also the umpire, the guy that's standing there with the linebackers and, and observing offensive line play. And um, that coach has a chance to to alert the officials to anything and everything. I'll give you an example years ago. You'll laugh, but when we were playing Navy when I was at UConn, I couldn't help but notice that every time Navy went up to the football, the center pushed the ball forward about a foot. Every time, you know, the ball was spotted for play, and the center, when he got over the ball, he would push it forward about a foot. The offensive line would line up in what should have been the neutral zone, except for the fact that the ball got pushed forward. They did it down after down after down, and I pointed it out to Coach Diaco, and he did bring it up to the officials, and Navy was told, listen, we know you're cheating the system here by pushing that ball forward a foot every time. You know, if you do it on first and second and third down, you picked up a yard, right, just by moving the ball. Wow. And um, we didn't allow, allow him to do it. Uh, I would be willing to bet you that Navy's doing it all over again right now. I, I have to check again to see. Um, anyway, my guess is uh, that P.J. Fleck is going to say, oh, by the way, I want to be sure you're aware that Davion Nixon's been twice called now for disconcerting signals. So please be alert for that as the game plays out. My guess is it will be discussed. So if you're Phil Parker, are you telling Davion, knock it off, or just, hey, if you can get away with it, great. What, I, mean, I, I mean, what do you do if you're the coach? Yeah. Well, my guess is at this point, he's, he's been identified as the culprit twice. My guess is at this point, we'll pro- he's probably been advised, listen, knock it off. Let's just play football and, and beat them the, the old-fashioned way. Um, you know, let's not try to... Let's not try to. A lot of people would say that's an unethical thing to do, even, is to mimic a snap count. A lot of people would say it's just football. Mm -hmm. But regardless of how you interpret it, um, the officials are going to be on alert for it and they're going to be looking for it. I'll tell you, that's about the only thing Davian's not done well. Yeah, he is strong. If Tory Taylor's not the MVP, it's Davion Nixon. He's, I mean, I mean, people are asking me, Don, well, when do you think he'll be taken in the draft? It's amazing. He's already. People haven't gone first, second round. I mean, I know that bugs you, but that's the world we live in, Don. I mean, people already have him gone for the yeah, NFL. Yeah, it does bug me, and I hope Davion's not thinking one second about all that. Uh, you've heard me say before, there are only there are only 32 teams in the league, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, there's there's 32 first round draft picks, and I guarantee the day of the draft. There's at least 132 players that have been told that they're first-round draft picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mostly disappointed football players that they fell to the second or third or even fourth round. So uh, I hope Davion's uh, – I'm sure he's getting advice from the coaching staff. Listen, don't worry about all that stuff. That stuff will take care of itself. And it appears that Davion has that same mentality. Sure. I'm just excited about being as good as I can be for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, he's certainly getting that done. and. 
after the season's over, you know, that's the time to assess uh, what happens next. And, and Kirk has been really good about about being honest with the players. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if a player does project to go for sure in the first round, Kirk hasn't tried to put them on some kind of guilt trip to stay around. Uh, you know, he's encouraged them to do what's best for them. And in many cases, of course, that would involve leaving for somebody that projects that well. Another thing on defense, if you've noticed, Kayvon Merriweather has moved ahead of Julius Brents. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel sorry for Julius because he was evaluated for the David Bill game. But Kayvon Merriweather seems to be coming on. I mean, I mean, what do you think of him, number 26? I mean, he's, he delivers yeah, the wood. He, you're he right. can I hit. did notice him. And, and to be honest with you, I don't think I said anything on the, on the radio about it, but I do recall in that Purdue game in particular, sticks in my mind, Brents missed several tackles. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. So, yep. uh, and you can bet that not a single one of those misses uh, doesn't uh, doesn't get noticed by the coaching staff. So, you know, you have your opportunity. You better make good on it when when it's presented to you, because if if uh, you falter a little bit, somebody else might get that same opportunity, and at that point, you may not get your job back. Yeah. It sounds like I, I couldn't help but notice Murray Weather in a positive way. He's physical. You know, I don't re- I don't know how many tackles he made, but it seemed to me like 26 was noticed. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure he was in on his fair share of the plays. Another thing that relates to that is I didn't notice him making bad plays. Uh, and Brent's is an example. I, I saw some missed tackles that stuck in my mind even now from Purdue. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, you know, those opportunities, you got to make good on them. And, and, and that's the beauty of the game. And I used to always tell our coaches, don't be afraid to play the second team player. You were agonizing over which one's better. Give that second team guy a chance. Maybe, maybe you're wrong in assessing him to be not quite as good. And um, there are all kinds of examples, of course, that you guys are familiar with, where a player got his opportunity and took advantage of it. Well, Chuck Hartley, and, and that was a, mm-hmm. ended up being a permanent shift in the depth chart when that happened. Chuck Hartley is always the one that comes to my mind, Don, and you were there. I mean, uh, I mean, when he yeah, finally got his chance, because I, you know, everybody wanted the guy with the with the hundred mile an hour fastball, Dan McGuire. But again, you know, good quarterbacks know how to get the ball on target with accuracy and and make the ball catchable too. It's not about how hard you can throw it, it's about how often you can make it catchable. And I think so. and of course about it's also about throwing it to the right guy. You mentioned we uh, we put the ball in some tight spots. Yeah. We were lucky enough to uh not turn the ball over by pass on Saturday but but um you know Spencer still he's still a young guy. He's still learning. You can bet that Kenny's correcting him as he should be at all the right times and um and I think Spencer's only going to get better and better. The nice thing about Saturday, you know, he made some mistakes, none of which cost us. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, that's a good thing. Sometimes they cost you and sometimes they don't. Chuck Hartley, I remember we had him on, and I know Hayden, he even said, he goes, I was not the best practice player. I was a better game. Is that is that how you remember Chuck Hartley? He was better in the games. Well, some guys are gamers. You know, we refer to, I remember a, a place kicker by the name of Rob Howell sometime during the week. You know, you find yourself thinking, is this our best kicker? Uh, Rob <laughs> Allen, I think in my estimation, was not a very good practice kicker. But I sure liked him on Saturdays. Uh, you know, he seemed to kick his best on Saturday. Not Monday through Friday, but he kicked well on Saturday. Interesting. And so, uh, you know, some guys play better under pressure than than they do in practice. Some guys play worse, you know. So the guys that do swallow the apple, you know, you're kind of hesitant to put them on the field when the game's on the line. And uh, other guys seem to thrive on that pressure. And um, those are the guys you want out there, of course, in the big games. So, Donnie, if Iowa wins the running game and the turnover battle, do you, I mean, do you think that will be enough to win this game on Friday? Do you think those two stats right there will dictate this thing? 
Uh, it's certainly going to go a long way to it. Uh, right now, turnovers, um, after the first two weeks of play, if you had an edge on turnovers, you won nine games, you lost one. Wow. Matter of fact, that one game that was the exception to the rule was that Minnesota-Maryland game. Mm-hmm. Minnesota won on turnovers against Maryland and yet still lost the game. Of course, Maryland's an explosive team, as we've already discussed, and, and they did have to go out there and play play Maryland. Uh, but I think uh, our team, you know, we're so fundamentally sound, and, and now penalties are getting back in line. You know, we're, we had, uh, I believe, six penalties, but um, five of them were the five-yard variety. We actually overcame a false start by Kallenberger on that first drive, mm-hmm. you might recall. Mm-hmm. You know, he flinched, and we had to back up five, and we still had a touchdown at the end of that possession. So five-yard penalties you can overcome. It's those 10-, 15-yarders that are tougher to overcome. And um, hopefully we've got that solved going forward. Historically, of course, we've not been a very heavily penalized team, and I would expect that's going to continue. Um, I think you're right. If we can if we can have an edge on rushing, that's a good indicator for winning. Of course, I think last year that was about 80% win, as mm-hmm. I recall. If you can have an edge on turnovers, um, that's running really high this year or even higher than last year. So those two things in combination, you can bet they're – I could tell you if you really want me to look it up – um, based on the first two weeks, that combination's probably um, probably at least 80 90% win. Well, I looked at these next two games early, heading into the season as almost sure losses. Now, I mean, Penn sure State, Penn like State is – they're struggling. I mean, Donnie, there's still a lot of season left, and, I mean, there's reason to be encouraged despite being one and two. Let's wrap up with that. Just your thoughts on that because Penn State's got issues right now. Yeah, very definitely they do have issues, and they don't have that – they can't go wide out no. uh, on those teams that go in there and, and gain a, a huge advantage with the home crowd. Um, I don't know all the particulars about Penn State. Uh, obviously, there were, you know, in my mind, there were some coaching blunders that cost them against Indiana. Um, you realize, sure. of course, if they didn't score that touchdown, Indiana wouldn't have had a chance to come back and tie the game up and win it in overtime. That's a coaching blunder. That player, I don't blame the player because when he left the bench, he should have thoroughly understood all we need is one first down. We do not need a touchdown. Matter of fact, we don't want you to score a touchdown. It should be that specific coming from the bench. Um, I'd be willing to bet you that player was not told that when he went on the field because if he would have been told that, I don't think he would have made that that severe mistake. And you could tell as um, as he approached the goal line, he hesitated, but then went ahead and went in. Yeah, you know, I think probably when he's on the one yard line, he realized this is this, this somehow seems a little bit too easy. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, letting <laughs> they're trying in. to talk him into making a mistake, and and um, you know, his first reaction was to score. And of course, in his defense, it happened in an NFL game this year too already. You might have seen that. Yes, I remember. Uh, the, yeah, the player scored, and he shouldn't have scored um, because they didn't. All they needed was a field goal to win, and they wanted that field goal to happen on the last play of the game and it would have been a chip shot field goal of course and you know how nfl kickers are they hardly ever miss Mm -hmm. so uh similar circumstance to the to the penn state fiasco but not quite the same a little bit different tom you got anything else well one thing i wanted to add don did you watch that game last night i know we were texting back and forth during the the steelers came back to win that game but man i've never seen tom brady look more hopeless and helpless in a game i mean he didn't have that clean pocket and did you watch the game last night you know i did not uh, we have we have family in town and um and i was watching some of the cowboy game of course i grew up uh, the listeners don't know this but in 1960 as a nine-year-old i saw the dallas cowboys play their first season 
Uh, I went back and looked up the score. They got killed, I believe, by the Redskins, as I recall. But anyway, uh, I've been a Cowboy fan since I was nine years old. I figured that. <laughs> and I remained a Cowboy fan until they fired Coach Landry. That should have okay. never happened. He should have had a chance to coach as long as he wanted to. I agree with um, that. But anyway, what a neat story it would have been if yeah. the, um, the Steelers here are the only unbeaten team in the NFL and the Cowboys are a train wreck right now. And, of course, what a neat story, though. Here's a quarterback that, even though he was in the NFL, uh, it was his first career start mm-hmm. ever, and I don't even know the previous time when he played in a game, and yet he he's out there playing like he's a, a he played well, playing yeah. like he's you know been the starting quarterback for the last four years. Uh, it was kind of neat that Dallas was that inspired. They still lost it in the end. I'm happy for the Pittsburgh fans out there, and uh, and yet if you're a Cowboy fan, you you know your heart goes out to them because it's a, it was a winnable game that. They simply ran out of gas, uh, you know, at the last 58 minutes. For almost 58 minutes, they led the game. But in the end, the better team won out, and that was the Steelers. Well, I'm a Bears fan, and we can't run the ball. I mean, Foles had 300 yards passing, and still he didn't look very good. No. David Montgomery had 14 carries for 30 yards. The Bears are a mess. They've lost three in oh a row. Oh, my God. And my heart just goes out to Khalil. You know, Khalil was such a great player for us at Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And that defense is about as good as you find it in the is. league. They're good, but... There's no margin for error. You no. know, they have to go out and, and they feel like they have to pitch a shutout. And that's that's hard to do. They try and they they always make it difficult for the other team to score, but in the end the other team typically has a few more points. You know, why in the world do the Bears never have a good quarterback? I mean, look, going back fifty years it's been um Sid Luckman, is that their last major good problem. I mean Jim McMahon was okay, but he, he got was, hurt all he the time. He was good. But he got hurt all the time. But he was that's the but that's been what, forty years? Well Jim McMahon's older than I yeah, Jim McMahon played there from eighty two to the eighties. So yeah, yeah thirty five, forty years. I mean it's, it's they just never have a good quarterback. Anyway, we could talk about that forever too. So, so well, Donnie, this is a lot of fun as usual. Great information, and hopefully, we got another victory to talk about Saturday. Because, like I said, I think this is a really big swing game for both these teams. I really think it could propel no, no, one no, and no. sink there's, the other. There's great reason for optimism. Yeah, we are fully capable of winning out. I know that's a lot to ask to run five in a row mm-hmm. uh, after winning last week, but we are capable of getting that done. And the other side of that coin, of course, is the other teams always capable of beating us too. Yep. So that's what makes it fun. You don't yeah. know the outcome. That's why I always like to say that's why people take the time to watch and uh, or take the time to show up for the game even yep. if they're allowed to be in the stadium. And um, that's always fun. You know, you, you never know from one week to the next exactly what you're going to get. And, that, and that's what makes uh, us all look forward to Friday night with a lot of intense And if you, win, if you win the West as a reward, you get to face Ohio State in the championship game. There you go. So. <laughs> uh, maybe the rule should be if you win the West, it means you do not have to play Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, make the second, else, make the second place. Uh, there you go. That's that a good one. Honor. All right, Donnie, all right, thanks. A lot of fun. Have a good week. Thanks so much. We'll be in touch. You guys too. Take all care. Right. Okay, this may be breaking news. We can go on the uh, break with it. ISU. Yeah. Uh, okay, the college Republicans at Iowa State <clears throat> posted on their account, and this is the big Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone, you must arm up. Expect these people to attempt to destroy your life. The elites want revenge on us. So they're calling uh, for their members to... Arm up. ISU, you mean Iowa State? Iowa State. College Republicans at Iowa State. Jesus. And I talked to a friend of mine that's a reporter for one of the stations, and he said that uh, a number of 
key uh, football players are part of this. See, now we should have asked Don the best way to combat the students arming up. What kind of strategy? What device analytics? And what we could have segued into that, you know? I mean, that's not a good story. I mean, no, and, it isn't. No. And so they're checking on that. That's not firm that the football, that there are a number of, he just said they are running down um, a story that uh, there may be a number of uh, ISU football players. Okay. So they're all going to start brandishing their guns and and threatening people if you. That seems pretty stupid. It's still it's still up on their uh, yeah, Twitter feed. Because so far, I will say, since, um, there hasn't been any rioting since no. Biden was declared the no. winner. But I also think a lot of them aren't convinced. I still think they think Trump will somehow figure out a way to stay in power. I think there's a lot of Republicans who still think that's going to happen. But look at us. We're two minutes away from Don, and we're already I just brought it up politics. because it was football. Stay in your lane, well, Hardy. it isn't football. It's <laughs> politics. Stay in your lane. Well, it's politics mixed with, mixed with if, football. With, mixed with football. But I just lost 50 Twitter followers in the last 10 <laughs> seconds. No. Stay in your lane, Hardy. <laughs> Hey, is your caller from Ames? Am I allowed to go back to football? Uh, sure. Yes, please, only please. if it includes armed Iowa State defenders. <laughs> Have you seen any? Uh, I didn't hear anything about. Where did where, you hear? Where did you read that? KCCI uh, first uh, reported it, and then I went to their uh, Twitter feed, and it's on their Twitter feed. And KCCI so is board- still reporting should we be boarding it. Up our, should we be boarding up our windows? Is that I, what you're saying? I don't know. All I know is that uh, a friend of mine that I know from Des Moines that works at another station, he's running down a lead uh, that uh, he said uh, he believes that uh, some key football players from uh, from Iowa State are a part of this. I don't know if that's, that's all he said as he's running down the lead. I can't imagine it. they would, even if that is their political view, which is fine that they would be that stupid if this is true. But let's wait and see. Yeah, let's But, yeah, it could be a big story. That's so going right. to that, that's that's divide Iowa State if that's the case. If it's sure. true. I mean, so. that's either way. Um, I do have a couple uh, negative things to bring out about Saturday, and I don't mean to be Debbie Downer here. I, I listened to your interview with, with Don. Mm-hmm. And I'm not an advocate. I was not an advocate. There's a lot of people calling for Petrus to be benched after the Northwestern game, but and I, I'm not there, and I wasn't there last week. But I don't feel like he's improving at all, and that's my my one issue. I, I I understand he didn't have spring practice, and I know Nate Stanley had similar issues, but I don't remember Nate being quite this. I, mean, I don't have any. First of all, when I watched that game on Saturday, uh, Spencer doesn't seem to be making any. And he uh, doesn't seem to be going through his progression. He just locks in on one guy, and whether he's open or not, he's throwing it. And uh, I'm just concerned because I feel like the best game he's played was that first game against Purdue. I don't, I don't think he played well at all Saturday. I think Don hit it on the head that he was simply lucky on that pass to Tracy that was high and hot. And I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering here, at some point, he's going to have to do something quarterback-wise, and it wasn't Saturday, but it's going to yeah. come. No, I it agree. Might not with, be Friday because yeah. Minnesota's defense is I, porous. I agree with what you're saying, but I don't. The Calvary's not coming. I mean, no, I mean Alex the, Padilla did not look like he was the answer. Yeah, the Calvary. I think. And, well, and, the, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I have faith in the coaches that he's their best option. But in all, in Padilla's defense, he got two throws. Well, what I'm saying though is they see him every day in practice. I don't, from what I've yeah. been told, I don't think it's even close. I mean, they've never no, made I, it even. I, 
I mean, and some people are like, well, they got to give Deuce Hogan a chance. Deuce Hogan's been on campus for a couple. I mean, it's. I just no. I get what you're saying. Months. Spencer has not played well at times. He no, has struggled. He he's a very much a work in progress. But I think right now he's the best they have, and they only have two other quarterbacks on scholarship. I think it's ridiculous the idea that well fans do it every year. I remember 2018 during the Iowa State game, uh, and it was just a low scoring game. Fans were calling for Stanley to be benched. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I don't. I'm not an advocate for that. I'm just. I'm just saying I'm I'm very concerned with quarterback play right now. Well, um, and I fair enough. I can't believe I said that after a 49-7 win. That's that's my big thing. Yeah, he's got to so. get he's got to get better. He's got to throw with more touch, and I worry about him if he doesn't have a running game to support him and what have you. So we'll see. But like I said, I I just think a lot, and I'm not saying you're this way, but I've had a lot of people say, "Hey, we got to switch quarterbacks." Okay, well, I mean, I don't just, switch just to switch. If you don't have a better piece to put in, then you get your best piece to play better. Well, people will say, well, look, C.J. Well, Beathard. Well, finally, they shifted to C.J. Beathard his fourth year. C.J. wasn't ready in his first or second year, they believe. Now, some people will say, well, yeah, he, he would have been if they would have given him a chance. My guess is the other two guys are just so far behind Petrus in practice to where it doesn't translate to anything game-wise as far as maybe putting him in. But who knows? I mean, if they go up to Minnesota and they lose big and Petrus struggles, I mean... Then you're really going to hear some talk. You're yeah, going to hear some... Sure. Yeah, you will. But okay. I still don't think they'll make a switch. Okay, you're, you're from... I, I can't tell... Go ahead. I was going to say, it's, not, it's, hard to, it's hard to tell on TV not being at the game. But just, again, this is just my uh, viewpoint from watching the games. It seems like the wide receivers are playing well. Uh, I thought... I know Tracy and Regan, you guys talked about that last night, maybe haven't been as involved as we expected them to, but I think Smith's playing well. Um, and besides that first game for Smith-Marset, I thought he played well last week. Uh, and Laporta, Laporta and Bayer, I think, are playing well. That's my thing. It's like they've got incredible talent at tight end and, and receiver, and I'm just afraid they're going to waste the season as far as the passing game is concerned and be held back by bad quarterback play. And there's, like, there's nothing you can do about it. Like you said, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. If that's, they got a first-year quarterback without spring practice with nobody better behind him, uh, I just hope it doesn't come back to bite him at, at some point no, this year. No, fair, fair. Okay, I got one for you. All right? You're, you're in Ames, right? Yep. Okay. I think that uh, the Cyclones do have a Heisman candidate and it ain't brock purdy it's Brees hall agreed yeah yeah Yeah, Uh, i don't think i thought purdy looked uh brady-esque i think purdy and brady looked about the same this week at least from the first half for purdy i mean he got going in the second half but yeah he did uh he looked he looked terrible and he looked lombardi he looked like lombardi for that first half of that game on saturday um and so i don't know i don't think iowa state I don't think they're in a great position quarterback-wise either. Um, I think two years ago people were pretty high on Brock Purdy, and, and I I don't hear any chatter anymore. I mean, um, I've got a couple Cyclone fans that have just talked to me about their thoughts, and, and they're not high on Purdy anymore. So, yeah. no, Brees Hall's terrific. Yep. And I think Iowa's got ter- terrific backs, and mm-hmm. I, I agree with you guys. If they can keep running the ball, I mean, they're going to win a lot of ball games. But at some point, as we've seen under Ferentz, somebody's going to be able to stop the run. And, you know, we saw what Petrus did when he had to throw 50 times, which I don't think he should ever have to throw Mm-mm. 50 times. That's just ridiculous to call on a guy that doesn't have a spring practice to do that. But They gave up too uh, soon on the run. When you can tell your game. people in Ames, did, yeah. tell your people in Ames, I've been reading a lot of Michigan stuff, and there's talk about Harbaugh leaving after this year. And the first name mentioned in three of the four stories I had was Matt Campbell at Iowa State. 
That's who they're. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think there's a ceiling on what Iowa State can do here. I don't see them winning the Big 12 championship with with their quarterback play. I, I wouldn't if mm-hmm. I was. Uh, now I know he's he's had his name tossed around before. You think he'd uh, take the Michigan job? If it, you think you think he'd take the Michigan job if it was offered to him? Being being an Ohio guy, I I have a hard time seeing him take the Michigan job. But I mean, I don't know if if he. I don't. I never really heard if he was interviewed for the Ohio State job when Day got hired. Uh, but if he was interviewed, and that's, that was my thought, if he was interviewed and got turned down, that could be added incentive to take the Michigan job. Wasn't Bo Schembecker um, from Ohio? Uh, it's a good good question. Or did he? Co- I thought but he. That had... isn't it. That isn't intriguing. I don't think Harbaugh's there was fired a connection. Well, I don't think Harbaugh's necessarily going to get fired, but I could see him. Doing a Mark D'Antonio for different reasons, just saying, "Wow, this I got to get out of here while I can still go back to the well, NFL." Yeah, if the NFL, if, if there's an opening in the NFL, because it's uh, getting ugly up there. It's getting ugly anyways, up there. Anyways, well, hey, I do have one more thing, and then I got to go. Uh, Pat, you guys mentioned Kayvon Merriweather um, and Julius Brents, and you said that Merriweather replaced Brents. Wasn't Brents playing corner and Brents and Kayvon's playing strong safety now? Yeah, what they, they did, they eight. they moved him around, but Merriweather's the new body that's in there, and Brents is the body that's out. That's what I'm saying. Brents was he was well, one I of the. I hope f- they have a. I hope they have a third cornerback because. Uh, I mean, so, I know Purdue. They got fortunate not having to play Rondell Moore. Still lost. Well, but I, I think mean, Brents is their I third. Think need a third. I think Brents is their third cornerback. Obviously, he's just not playing now because they've shifted personnel. They've put Merriweather in there, and that's what I mean. But yeah, they've got Brents is their, and then the other backup. I'm not sure who the other backup is, but Brents would be the next Terry, one. Right, Terry Roberts would be my yeah, guess. probably. But yeah, they've got their third cornerback. It's just Brents, but obviously he did struggle against Purdue, so they've shifted. And Merriweather's really physical. I'm not sure how good Merriweather is on pass coverage, but man, he's a sure tackler, and that's where Brents struggled against. Purdue. One final note: uh, I give a shout out to Zach Van Valkenburg. I think that guy's yes. playing his tail off right yep, now. Nobody's is. really talking about him, but he's playing really well on that defensive line. So, Agreed. Anyways, all right, guys, I'll let you go. All right, great thanks, Pat. Good show. Yep. Take care, man. Charlie Jones has been named Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. Awesome. Yep, I just tweeted it. Awesome. About five minutes ago when they announced 143 all-purpose yards, and yeah, well, in fairness, Zach Valkenburg, Van Valkenburg was part of the press conference last Friday we all wrote about him mm-hmm. so they are and deservedly so he's a good story and he had a good game I know they just the thing is though we're everything's so sky high right now the thrill of they go up to lose in Minnesota you know how depressing it's going to be in here on Monday it'll be gloom and doom and I mean that's just, this is so up and down right now I was just happy for the team that they were well, that's what I wrote came out and just smacked down Michigan State but the fact, we're not going to win the West I just wrote that you one can't. and two has probably never felt better for an Iowa team no. than this one because of just all the unusual circumstance they just needed something to embrace and, and they got it they got it and they did it yep and they got to turn around and they got to do it again. Um, but Iowa's not going to win the West. We can run the table and have a night real. And nice I don't season. think they're going to run the table either. No, because I mean Purdue might lose three times. Probably not. I North- just don't think they're good enough to run the no, table. No, Northwestern's got to lose three times. I don't see that happening. And Wisconsin, we haven't played yet. We could still. What they got to avoid is just they got to win at least one of these next two games. At least to, yes, keep, to I, keep this season from just, oh, God, least. now we're just playing to save whatever we can. Yeah. Do you, you, do you want virus news? Sure. <laughs> can you mix a little politics in with it? No. Come on, hit them with a double whammy. Uh, 4,212 uh, new corona uh, cases Great. in the last 24 hours. God, it's just like the... 
and uh, that's in Iowa. Three additional deaths. It's like that Volusi character, the guy who wouldn't leave. This yeah. thing just yeah. won't leave us freaking alone. Hello. The vaccine news is good news though. Oh, ninety. Yeah. Ninety percent. More and more people are getting yeah. together. Um. Yeah. It does. And yeah. Well, the, the Notre Dame thing is a per, is a perfect example. Well, I was going to ask, how many people? Does Notre Dame like to go into the game? I think there was 15,000, something uh, like cl- that. They close said. to that, and most of them are students. Yeah. And students are the ones that typically rush the field. Well, and they, filled that whole, they filled that whole field, and I wouldn't say that was social distancing. But not at all. No. It's, no, they were and packed in there like. They had their masks on. Some did, some didn't. M- most didn't, and they were packed in like sardines. Did you read the letter from Notre Dame? No. Did, did you, Pat? No, they're not letting anybody well, leave uh, until uh, you know for like is it fourteen days? They got to be tested. So they're going to they, quarantine them on the field for fourteen days. They have to be uh, tested. It's like North Korea; they can't go 10, anywhere. Ten thousand people. Where are they keeping them? Uh, I probably in cages. <laughs> I'll read you the. Uh, Does touchdown Jesus have a mask? I mean, honest to God, it, yeah, they've they just. Well, and the football players are right in amongst them. Yeah, that see, that's the thing because those, those some of those players are gonna are gonna get hit, and they're gonna be down. And you know, Notre Dame's trying to get into the playoffs here, and uh, you know, this is the kind of thing that could take some key players away. Well, now, was there any way they could have stopped that, or? Uh... Just not have that many people in the stadium for one thing. Well, that would have stopped it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And they didn't they have cheerleaders in the band there too? Yeah, they had. Everybody was on the. Everybody was on the field. Yeah, well, when I looked at that, I went, "Uh oh, this doesn't look good." Jim, can you get me that? Jim will get me the uh, notice that Notre Dame. Yeah. Well, here I've got uh, a friend of mine from college. Okay. Who um, was a teacher out at Dowling passed away 55 years old of covid uh, it is with oh, tremendous yes, sadness yeah. that i, I said that tom yeah. barnable passed away this morning from covid19 tom has been an important part of the dowling community for the past 24 years and was most recently teaching physical education and serving as the assistant boys track coach he was also on the grandview football coaching staff according to his family tom had tested positive for coronavirus more than 10 days ago and went to a hospital emergency room on thursday morning seeking medical attention he was not admitted in mm. this morning he was not admitted in this morning his wife found him unresponsive in their West Des Moines home. And it was it sounds like it was blood clots and what have you, but that just shows you this virus can yeah. get you in so many different yeah. ways. Very sad. He was a good guy. So I think that was yesterday, yeah, but still. Yeah, I was still. talking to somebody, they said, oh, well, yeah, it was yesterday. virus coming out. And it isn't that bad because Trump was over with it in two days. People are making a big issue out of it. I said, no, they're not. So there's people around who think we're making a big issue out of this thing and we shouldn't be. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people like that. That's the third person I that I knew. When you that, lose friends to it, you better start thinking. Yeah, that's the third person I know that has passed away from it, so it's it's real. Yeah, well, I knew, I knew that friend of mine who lived in Coralville. So, I've had tons so, of people I know that have gotten it, and some of them very seriously. And uh, a, Well, my, my brother and uh, sister-in-law are... Still, I mean, they're yeah. over it now, but they're well, not over it. it. But they're still going to have after effects to it. Well, they're having after effects, and they're oh, still yeah. fatigued, and they were over it in May. They got it in like the polio. end of. Yeah, they got I mean, it. I had that way, way long ago, and I'm having after effects of it now. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Thank you. All right, Carl. Right, thanks. So anyway, I'll, I'll hang up and let you discuss the world. And okay. We'll do it. Let's save it. All right. <laughs> Stan, yeah. Stan Keeley just tweeted. Yeah, that's right. Bo was an assistant at, for Woody Hayes at Ohio State before he went to Michigan. That's why I don't think Matt Campbell growing up in Ohio would – impact him taking them i'm not saying he's going to take the michigan job or even, but to me well you know well, i grew we, up in ohio I, yeah. I think that's silly i mean we don't know that it's going to be open it either. may not even be open it may not be offered to him but i don't think well you know i'd love to be the mission coach but gee i grew up in ohio i don't that hello i don't agree with i'm that. with you you know I, I heard one of the uh, potential replacements for harbaugh that he's going to jump ship to the nfl he's going to pull an offer and land on his feet mm-hmm. but then uh uh, Luke Fickle from Cincinnati is gonna would be a good. That's another a good name. Candidate the, to, yeah, to, the, to go to Michigan. The four so. the four names that were mentioned in the story I read were Fickle, Matt Campbell, and both Stoopses. And I think the Bob Stoops thing is, I think that ship has sailed. I don't think he's coming back. That's just a guess though on my part. But, but yeah, Luke Fickle's definitely doing a good job at. Cincy. Cincy, and boy, wouldn't it be weird for Michigan to take a former Ohio State player? Yes. That would really add to that rivalry. And you know, I also I also learned about Bo, about as, as awesome of a coach as Bo Schembechler was. He had a bowl record of five and twelve. No, I was not aware yeah, of that. That's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay, the Notre Dame president, uh, of course, has been criticized. He's been at the White House. He hasn't been wearing a mask. He said in a letter uh, to Notre Dame students last night, he called the field rush and other gatherings this weekend very disappointing. Uh, Notre Dame students must now comply with the university's request to undergo COVID-19 testing before they are allowed to leave the campus following the fall semester. Students who fail to appear for exit tests or who leave the uh, South Bend area before getting their results will have a registration hold uh, placed on their record. Registration holds prevent students from completing the semester or enrolling for courses in the spring semester. When does the semester end? Because if they allow that to percolate for another week, that's going to infect thousands of more students. I don't know. Hello? Hey, good morning. Um, I've been listening on and off. I don't know if anybody called in about this already, but during the game, especially the first quarter, um, Coach Ernst didn't have any face covering on and, I mean, it wasn't even up to his mouth. He did put it on later, and I, I just wondered if anybody else noticed that. I, and I it did. it concerned me with his age. I, I thought he had, all the young it kids. was going up and down. He, he's not very good about it. Yeah. I will put, the, put but it he, that way. But he did have it at points he, during he did. the first quarter. But, it, yeah, it was going up and down. I think he was having a problem. Um, because every time it would go down, he'd adjust the mic closer mm-hmm. uh, to him on his headset. So is he still chewing gum with a mask? Don't know. I, hate, I hadn't noticed. I haven't noticed, noticed that. either. Hello? Steve Collins. Hi, Steve. Steve. What's up? How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're hanging in there, so Steve. First of all, the football game, first of all, it was a great win. I just thought that um, I, I'm really a big fan of Arby Martin because I think – I really thought last year, because he didn't play that, I thought he was going to transfer. I think you've got to give a guy credit like that that really could have transferred. And I think I just think that's a great start with people just transferring all the time. Here's a guy that stuck it out. Yep, I've actually written that a couple of times. I agree with you. It's a good story. It really is. But I think that what I've seen over the – and I think what you see – I think he's just great out of the backfield receiving because he just, he just has that knack. I, I think there's just so many ways that – 
um, they they should use him because I just think everything every time he's out there, it seems like he makes plays. No, I, I, yes, yeah, I agree. I agree. And they're trying to figure out ways to get him more involved, but you can't do it. I think at, out of backfield, I like to see I more got it done. receiving first. You know, in the if far as like a receiver type of thing, because you can see this little glimpse of it. Just not enough. We haven't seen enough of it. Go, Tom. Well, but <clears throat> are you going to who are you going to take? Uh, yeah, see, that's uh, away from. <laughs> that answer, but I just know that they're doing the right thing now by, you know, I think, I like what I saw um, the weekend where they put a couple, like, I think, wasn't there a thing where they put, like, Goodson and Sargent in the same time? Yes, yes, there was, and that, I that was interesting. The thing I see the difference, and I, I go back to, if you look at the bowl game, that kind of stuff, a lot of motion, I think that's when they're really, because really, I think we definitely agree there's speed there. Uh, absolutely. Oh, this and team's got plenty the of speed. Team is like, yep. I see with that that they use a lot more motion. Yeah, and the motion's been effective. And one thing I want to share some kind of humorous because this day and age without a politics, there's there's a thing I don't know if everybody's seen this yet and probably has the Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah, from Saturday. Saturday Night Live. Yeah, because they were what they did is they reinvented the O.J. Simpson car chase, but they put different characters in it. And actually, I didn't see that because uh, the but you must have watched it live. If you haven't seen it, is they got Junior driving, Don Junior driving, Trump is in the back seat hiding, and they got police chase, and it's well worth to watch. Well, I'll I'll have to look it up because our, I put it on record, and the football game went into two overtimes, so it but took it's away. All over there, and it's really they've done a real good job. But I just wanted to share that, and thanks again. But I just wanted to share those things with you guys. Thanks, Steve. Bye. Yeah. What I was trying to say is I put the record on. What, 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 what? Trying to put the record on, and uh, the two-overtime game cut into 30 minutes of my Saturday Night Live, so I didn't get to see that sketch, and I didn't get to see the See it on the NBC app. I went to it, and they had the same thing. Last night I checked it on NBC On Demand. Is that it? Yeah, well, the NBC app. Well, it's not a... No, they had the same thing that I had. Oh. So I was disappointed. Well, I'm very sorry for you. I am too. You could probably find it on YouTube. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. But you got to stop interrupting Steve when he's I trying know. to finish a sentence. It's not, you know, the guy's <laughs> nice enough to call in. He's one of our loyal listeners. Yes. You keep interrupting him. I know. You notice Captain shuts up when Steve's I on. I shut up. Okay. All well, right. Let's, so it's the honeymoon ending in Nebraska. No, I had my Big Ten picks today, and what I wrote was, you're talking about Frost? Yes. I wrote that he better start winning by 2025, or Nebraska fans will maybe start to think that he's not the savior. (laughs) That was my comment. (laughs) Hello. Morning. Hey. Hey, now that the election's over, can you play some Adele? <laughs> what the hell? What the hell what with the Adele? Hell, yeah, well, what'd she have to do with it? And I, hey, Captain, <laughs> can you do me? I know I'm bringing up the word poop, but this is football related. <laughs> do me a favor, Captain. I want you to Google PJ Fleck poop pregame speech. Yes, he read everyone poops. <laughs> yes. He why? Re- he read, yeah. a, he read a, it's a children's book. Isn't yes, it? by Taro yeah. Gomi. Because but why? he basically yeah. said that their first two weeks they'd played like Poop. So okay. he wanted to do the poop. Oh, here. We got it right here. Okay. Luke Garza uh, named Big Ten uh, preseason. Oh, this is Charlie Jones. Yep, we already mentioned okay. that. And 
But I thought Hunter was giving me the poop story. Did everyone poops? But no, either his, free, his pregame pep talk on Friday involved how poop can be used as fertilizer to build things and to make things better. And that was his emphasis. And I just thought, and I tweeted when I saw, I said, Gigi Allen would have endorsed this. <laughs> I, I, I did see that. I saw that. Gigi oh, Allen. As Terrell Gomi said in his book, Everyone Poops. All living things eat, so everyone R-E-M. poops. Yep. R.E.M. Everybody poops. Sometimes. I... God, I hated that. Just whiny <laughs> song. I agree. That al- What was that? Was that what was the album? Was that one? Or just every song was Michael Stipe just whining. Hello. I just want to go on record as saying that the ISU Republicans are a bunch of conservative dildos. <laughs> Okay. You're not giving him a shot for that one, are you? <laughs> no. No, that's, I mean, honest to God, to say talk. It's just stupid. And, and, and it's still up. I mean, what is Iowa State going to do about it? Well, evidently well, so far. Enough. I mean, other than he said this goes against, the uh, president said this goes against our, you know, code uh-huh. of honor or whatever the hell. Uh, you know, why is it still up then? I don't know. Hello? Everybody poops. Everybody craps. Sometimes. Well, that would have been great, except I just said that. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Pat. Another show touches the crapper. But it is football related, and it's actually Big Ten football. And it worked. He talked poop, and they went out there, and they they kicked some ass. They did. They played well. But Illinois is a mess. Are you going to bring that up at the... At the next uh, press conference. Yeah, Kirk, um, PJ Flexman stressing poop in his pregame talk. Have you thought about that? No, I don't think I'm going to be asking Kirk that. No, Illinois is down to their fourth string quarterback, and he's. They're a mess. Not very good. And they weren't very good to begin with. No. I, I feel bad for Lovey. I mean, I just, no. I just got to wonder. I know money's great, but how much longer is he going to want to do this? I mean, living in Champaign is. What's he make? Four a year? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd live in Champaign for four million a year. Champagne isn't that bad. Is it's it? just it's always depressing. It's been my worst. Fa- it's been my least favorite Big Ten. It's just, it's in the middle of nowhere, and it's just, it's. It, I don't know. It's even worse for me than West Lafayette or Bloomington. I like Bloomington. I think Indiana's campus is neat. I think there's parts of Illinois' campus that are cool, but Champaign itself just there's just something yeah, about it. It doesn't do much for me. It's either. just it's it's literally a square too. I mean, you go, it's the easiest. You can't get lost in Champaign. You just take the 74 right to the road. You take a right, and eventually you're going to hit the campus, and then eventually you're going to be on the southern far southern part of town. It's just so easy. But I just I don't know. There's something about Champaign. But Lovey is getting around four million a year, but I just don't think it's going to work. I just. He's not well, last year it looks like maybe he was turning things around a little bit, but he had a pretty veteran squad. But he also had a bad finish, too. They it were 6-4 and four at one point. Yeah. I think they lost their last three games, and they got pounded by Northwestern. And it seems like that funk is carried over. Now, of course, COVID, but you know you can't always use COVID as an excuse. Every team's in the same situation, and that's what some people, and I get it, defending Peters. Well, he's not the only first-year starting quarterback that's had to deal with COVID, and you know, at some point, Spencer's gonna have to play better. I agree. Yes, I agree. But like I said, the cavalry's not coming behind him. No. Hello. <laughs> hey Pat, can we go back to Gigi Allen for a minute? Sure. Sure. <laughs> oh, 
T.G. Allen said, everybody poops, but not everybody smears it on themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And there's your distinction. Do we think P.J. Fleck invoked uh, G.G. Allen at all? Do you think P.J. Fleck has heard of G.G. Allen? No. No. No, I don't. Do you think any players on their team have heard of G.G. Allen? No, probably not. Do you think any players on the Iowa team have heard of G.G. Allen? Probably Uh, not. Do you think any college football player in the Big Ten has heard of G.G. Allen? You think think there is a player? Sure. sure. There has to be. What school? If you had to guess, what school? Northwestern, just because they're smart? Yeah. And they read a lot? Yeah. I would um, say the uh, Iowa State uh, Republican. (laughs) You think G.G. Allen would have been? A, was he a Republican? No, 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 no. He was he, a, anything. He wasn't a Democrat. He was either. almost he was an, an anarchist. Anarchist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he was an anarchist. Yeah, yeah. he really was an anarchist. You're right. Yeah. Hello. Has Ashley Hansen sung yet? <laughs> That's not. Well, she won. <laughs> yeah. What was that about? What was the speaker? Was, has she sung yet? Sung what? Well, the, the, it's not over till the fat lady sings. <laughs> oh. Was that so implication? It was she mean. Fat? It was really mean. Ashley Henson's not fat. Is she, she is. Yeah, she's gaining larger. Yeah. Oh, she's gaining weight. Yeah, I was. Yeah. No, because I don't want to say nice things. Because when I say nice things about a woman, then people think that I'm creepy and like I Jan di- gets mad saying I'm I being was sexist. disappointed with that one because I thought Abby Finkenauer did a great job. Yeah, and she yeah. was very active. And no, was that even she, close? Very smart. And she got bills passed. Yeah. Was it even close though? I, I don't. I didn't see the final. Mm, and was Ernst and Greenfield even close? Not real. No. I mean, we're just no. We're a knee-deep red state, and we have yeah. been for, that's just the world we live in. Well, I guess it is. And we just got to learn to live with it, and it is what it is. But, no, this COVID stuff is just, I mean, this is going to be a, and what's unfortunate is there's no, we have actually Fran McCaffrey and Lisa Bluter press conference today at one thirty and 2. Lisa oh, first, that'd be great. And like I said, people are just so geeked for this season. I get it, but. No one's going to be hardly watching from the arena. These arenas are going to be empty, other than maybe a few parents and what have you. But you just get used to – we're not going to have – we're going to be Zooming with players. We're not going to have any personal one-on-one contact. We haven't had anything with the football players. And I get it. I get what the university's doing. You think Wisconsin's going to play this weekend? I'm going to guess yes. I think they're thinking, God, you know. I mean, look how bad Michigan is. Um, but, no, I'm kidding there. But, yeah, I think they will. I, I don't think Barry's – Barry's not a – throw in the towel type guy to me i i will be surprised now that's assuming that everything is going the right way numbers wise and whatever do you have a call yes hello you know uh when a frost got hired it was amazing after he started losing how the omaha and lincoln uh, newspapers would not say anything bad about him or they'd get attacked by the by the fan base but this weekend there was a lot of negative articles in the lincoln star in the, I think it's Lincoln Star Journal or something like that. But uh, there's finally some really negative, negative uh, stories about Frost and how he's got to change things quickly. How so, quickly? Um, well, twenty twenty-five. To see uh, how much the fans, the fans have already talked about uh, on their message boards about potential replacements. I'm like, well, it was only a matter of time before. Well, let me guess. N- Urban me, Meyer, Nick Saban, Urban Meyer. Um, uh, uh, that would be their top two. Big name I saw Bill was Cowher, Urban yeah, Meyer. Bill Cower. Yeah. Uh, Belichick. The whole nine yards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, thanks. I, um, what they score, 13 points against Northwestern? Yeah. 
20, was it 21-13? I think that's right. Yeah. Northwestern's defense is good. I mean, Northwestern's good. I think they're um, well. That quarterback has just changed their fortunes. Oh, completely. Yeah, he just changed everything. And we always know that Fitz is a good coach, but man, they're three and zero right now, and it's amazing how Fitz. He's got nine lives. I mean, he goes back to back five and sevens a couple of years ago, and then they answer back with a ten win. I mean, he's. Yeah. He figures then they out, win the West he, last two years ago. He figures out a way. Yeah, he figures last out a way. Last year they to, tanked. They tanked last year, but now here they are. They've already matched their win total from last yeah. year. Yeah. So, but hard yeah, to, it's hard to believe. That's too bad. What's you know, too bad? The, 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 this the, year it Nebraska's is. Having a oh, hard time. yeah, I'm just crushed. It's ridiculous. Uh, how could you ever pick who's going to I mean, legitimately other pick who's going to win a game other oh. than all. I mean, the. Everything's so up and down, and you don't know who's going to be able to play. I don't have a feeling at all for Iowa, Minnesota on Friday, really. I really don't. Not really, because they've both. Other than both teams are going to score at least three Underachieved. Touchdowns. Hello? Hey, how many games can Wisconsin not play? they got to play six. Got to play six is, is the way I I think you have to play. If you miss three, I think you're out. I believe that's what it is. If I'm wrong, someone please correct me, because I've been wrong a lot. I think you have to play six. To be I, eligible. I thought it was five, but I'm not positive. Maybe it is five. I thought it was six, but I don't. I don't know the so answer. They've already, missed, they've already missed two. Well, yeah, right. they're 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 yeah they're this. It's do or die right now, and that's why I think they'll. As long as the numbers cooperate, I figure I think they'll figure out a way to play this weekend. So even even if it gets canceled this weekend, they could be they could play and beat Iowa and knock us out of out of some specific spot as well. I mean, they're, they're still going to play. But if they don't get their their six in, if they're not eligible for the Big Ten title, I assume. I, but we have not. I don't know if Barry has said when, once they cross that bridge, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I would assume they would, but who knows? I mean, I, I don't. In Wisconsin, uh, positivity rate record set: more than four thousand new cases in the last twenty four hours, uh, forty two hundred and eighty cases. Uh, the positivity uh, rate is. Actually, less than ours, 33.54. Uh, Meaning one in three test results are positive. That doesn't say anything about the football team, though. No, but this is... I mean, I know their state is exploding like ours. It's uh, not good. Uh, Madison hospitals are uh, near capacity. No, it's not good news. I mean, it's... Well, we only 7.4... Only 7.4 hospital beds are open. Wow. It's 7.4%. What'd you say, caller? Well, Jeff, the other thing is, in the past years, freshmen could, or recently, freshmen could play up to four games and still be able to redshirt. Is that number adjusted, or is it still four well, games? This, this whole year, this whole is, year a is a freebie. This whole year is a freebie, so that's not even an issue. Here's the campus, 66 new positive uh, cases in the last 24 hours. Uh, 64 students, two employees. So, so not good. No, it is not. It's not good news. I mean, and it's going to impact what could be one of the greatest basketball seasons ever. It's just mm-hmm. unfortunate that we're so far deep into this thing still. Basketball is going to start in two weeks, and the arena is going to be. I'll be watching what could be one of the best teams ever, if they live up to their potential. That's a big if. I mean, they, it is. They don't have a lot they of margin for error. 
They don't have a lot of margin for error. A third or fourth place finish in the Big Ten, as impressive as that is, that'll be disappointing. This yes. team has really set a high standard. And what's weird about it is this team hasn't come close to winning anything yet. No one has. I mean, as great as Lucas' season was last year, they didn't. They weren't a Big Ten contender. Well, you've got no. to say something when, you know, when they're having such trouble with their team in Wisconsin and we're playing and our positivity rate is – is actually been well, you know, depending credit. on the day. Yeah, is, we've obviously been doing higher. it right. They've done a yeah. good job. Yeah, they've done yeah. a good job of keeping these players safe and mm-hmm. safe and sound. Remember that song? So far, so good. Yes, yeah. I hated that song. <laughs> dun, but dun, you know dun, it. Dun, 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 yeah, because it's here. Dun, here. Dun, it's, dun. I hear it here. <laughs> Who did it? safe and sound? That was from a couple years ago. Uh, um, Wasn't it kind of an annoying song, or did you guys like it? Uh, I, I. It was okay. Okay. I mean, Safe and sound. Like American something. I it was. I can't remember. American authors, I think. Or well, let me. Wasn't there some band with Foster's something? Foster, Foster the, people? the people. Wasn't yeah. that that? No, it wasn't that, them. That wasn't them. Uh-uh. Okay. No. They they've kind of disappeared, haven't they? Well, they had a, a real good song. Uh, Capital cities. Capital cities. They had a real good song um, uh, last year. That. Real good song. Did you watch the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction? No. Did not watch a second of it. No. No. Forgot it was even on. I don't have HBO. Honestly, I haven't seen it for 30 years. Oh, Beth. I wonder what their ratings were. Let me see if I can find it. But I usually will watch just a little bit of it because there's usually one band that interests me. But other than the Doobie Brothers and my, my interest in the Doobie Brothers ended in like the 80s. I just. Yeah. Michael McDonald, I didn't. I like taking him it, as well. taking it to the streets. I love that song. Yeah. wasn't he the singer on that? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was. I thought that's that, no. That was a good. I song. I thought that was probably their best song. That was probably my favorite Doobie Brothers song. I didn't care for minute by minute. Yeah, they don't have them posted yet. The ratings? Yeah. Maybe they're embarrassed. You know, maybe they did have good ratings. Who knows? I mean, I know there's a lot of fans of Depeche Mode and Notorious B.I.G. It's amazing. I didn't realize that those that Tupac, those guys have been dead for almost 25 years. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Tupac died in 96. I didn't realize it was that long ago. That is crazy. So, but so who would have thunk at Northwestern at Purdue in the fourth week of the Big Ten season is for, a, for a supremacy of the league The right nice now. thing about them playing on Friday, Iowa, we got all day Saturday. Yeah. That's going to be a hell of a game. I think that's going to be a fun game. And it's going to be who can get the other to play their type of game. You know Northwestern wants that game to be 10-7. to 7. and That's will... the same time as the Wisconsin-Michigan game. Yeah, let's hope they play it. Yeah. Hello. Good morning. Hey, old Grandpa Dirk. Dirk. Sup? Still coming down off the high. That was Saturday morning. It was awesome. And afternoon and <laughs> all weekend. Uh, boy, it's amazing what a Hawkeye victory can do for your well-being. That was just the perfect remedy for a lot of things that ailed us. And I haven't heard all of your show today. I heard bits and pieces of Donnie. Um, Charlie Jones, at least in my world, just kind of came out of nowhere. My gut instinct when I saw him run that touchdown back was, uh, C.J. Jones, all right. And then, like, wait a minute. Well, a lot of the in some of the player interviews leading up to the season, his name actually came up a number of times. So it, it's not a complete shock to me. Well, he's a transfer from Buffalo, right? I learned, and had been recruited 
by a couple of our current coaches who were at different schools when he was still in high school. Uh, what else can you tell us about well, he's from Charlie suburban, Jones? He's from suburban Chicago, and he didn't have any D, any D1 offers or any significant any ones. Power 5. Power 5 offers, and he took a chance with Buffalo and then realized he thinks he could be better, and he can. I mean, he's a leg, he's legitimate. I mean, he's quick, shifty, he's got great vision, and he's sure-handed, at least so far. I heard people – I can't remember if it was on the – live game cast that they were comparing him to Tim Dwight or if it was something I heard later in the post-game shows. But, um, man, he was just a real breath of fresh air. Yeah, he's a, he's a playmaker. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, there were so many things that went right. I heard you. I did hear you talking about uh, Petrus' inability to take the speedball off. Yeah, he's know. he's got to get better about that in a hurry. Oh, boy. There were some, yeah. But Saturday, everything just seemed to fall our way. And well, I we didn't need him grateful. to be the star uh, Saturday. We just needed him to not not bring us down. And he, you know, no turnovers, made a few good passes. Um, you know, he was all right. And the play calling was much better suited for our strength. The, the run game really looked great, I thought. It, it did. Yeah, it was nice to see. Well, I um, heard you talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, you forgot to mention that T-Rex was inducted by none other than Ringo Starr, who yeah. was a great friend of Mark Bowen, the lead singer and lead guitarist. And, uh, my, and, my question is, how did T-Rex, how were they able to play guitars with their tiny arms? <laughs> well, that's good. It's a good question, isn't it? That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, today would have been the 71st birthday of Tommy Caldwell, founder of the Marshall Tucker Band, who died tragically in 1980 in a car wreck at age 30. Silence. Is this thing on? Well, what, do you, <laughs> what can you say about it? What do you want us to say about Hey, that's too bad. Hey, continuing on the Susan Tedeschi of the Tedeschi Trucks Band is 50 years old today. Has anybody here seen them in concert? No, no. never heard of them. No, I've heard of them, certainly. But, but let's I've go never back. Seen they're, big. They're, they're big. Let's go back to the auto crash theme. I watched Shane this weekend, and remember the kid, Shane, I love you, Shane. His yeah. name was, was it Darren DeWild? We named Shane after Shane. He died. He, DeWild. He died, of a, he died in an auto crash yeah. back in he Denver. He was a childhood best friend with Graham Parsons. Yeah, and he was in Denver, and he was driving a big trailer home, and it tipped over, and he died, tragically. Yep. Tragically. Shane was on, though. I love that movie. I, I, It screwed my whole day up, too. It took two hours and set me behind, but I cannot not watch that movie when it's on. It's just one of my... You did name your kid after Shane, Captain? Yes. So you obviously like that movie, too. Well, Jan. Jan named. So did Jan like that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love it. It's just a great movie. And then, classic. Yeah. Yes, it is. Much like that football yeah, game I like the movie, sure but that was Jan's idea. Yeah. So. All right, gentlemen, thanks for taking my call. Go Hawks. Beat the dirty, stinking Gophers. Thank you, Dirk. That's the challenge. Yep. You ever yeah. seen Shane, Shooter? No, sure. No, it's it's a great movie. I love the part where they're burying um, Stonewall and his dogs. Yeah. As they're, they're, the dog's right there. It's just, it wills a tear. 
Now, the good news, this is sort not really political, okay? Yeah. But isn't the Bidens have two German shepherds? Yes. Yeah. And they're both rescue dogs. Champ too. and Major. Aren't they rescue dogs? Okay. And this will show you what the American public is. is. They show a, a picture of him walking out of the Humane Society, whatever they call uh -huh. it. Uh, and uh, so somebody posts on our page. So he just got a dog? It's, it's because he won. No. Jesus Christ, you bounced He's, him, didn't yeah. you? No, because the guy, you know, he apologized. They said, no, he got he got this last dog in 2018. He didn't buy a dog for the for the photo. Well, he's had <laughs> he's had Major for 12 years, hasn't yes. he? Yes. And yeah. Champ, Champ is the new one? From, uh, yeah, 2018. And there's Champ, Champ's the darker one, right? Yeah. There was something on that... Um, humor and animals or whatever one of those twitter it showed a family they had just lost one of their dogs it had passed away and they had a photo and they turned it into a big print and they hung it on their wall in their living room and the surviving dog which was his brother just went nuts went climbed up on the couch and started started crying and yelping because he uh -huh. saw the picture and it reminded me of when buddy passed away back in 16 buddy had this one spot on the couch that he laid on always when he died lakota would go to that spot and look at me and put his paws up there, and then he would sit there and cry. And it well, made me cry. He did that, for about, he did that for about listen, two weeks. Listen, uh, Lily just loved Indiana. I mean, that was a real love story where it started off rough. Uh, and uh, he and, and uh, Tabby, they, they mourned, and they mourned for a good month. I mm -hmm. mean, they do. you know, I mean, they, I can still... Uh, say always say his my... name and Lily will like he look always, around. He always hijacks yeah. my pet stories. You ever notice that? Whenever I talk about my dog, then it ends up. Well, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you do that every time. I'm no, sorry. it is funny, but every no, time but you, I do, mean, you it, do it every time. It just amazes me. You know, they've done t t dogs have the emotional ability of a two to three year old child, and the intellectual ability of uh, you know. Uh, greater than a Trump supporter. So, and if the phone would ring at KGYM, they could answer. And you got them all in just in one big sweep right there. But no, it was really neat seeing this dog. I mean, there's two great humor and animals and something called the dodo. Have you ever heard of it? They're yeah. really good. The dodo. Heard of. the dodo is great. Yeah. I mean, there was one, they showed this family, this squirrel had fallen out of its nest. And they ended up, this guy, he must know something about animals. He ended up nurturing and raising the squirrel when it needed milk. They showed him feeding it. Mm -hmm. And somehow the squirrel bonded with the dog in this house. Now they just, it's just, they have the squirrel that just lives in their house now. They show the dog walking in the living room and the squirrel's riding on the dog's back. And the guy said, he goes, you know, oddly enough, when it goes outside, it goes and poops outside. But you'd think with a squirrel that it would leave. It goes back, it goes back into their It's one of the streets. Well, it's his home. Yeah. It's his home. Yeah. And the guy's just like, yeah, we got, how long do, you, do anyone know how long squirrels live? Uh, they can live uh, six to 12 years. Could you imagine having a squirrel in your house for 12 years? I mean, and there. And he's trained to go outside. Okay. Well, and, he chooses to go outside. And, there's, and they're supposed to be smart reasonably smart well they show it playing with the dog and they'll yeah. show it hiding in the dog's tail wagon and it's just i just never thought a squirrel could be that domesticated but it shows you if you raise them young enough mm -hmm. i guess 
but yeah, that dodo's really if you if you ever want to get a good pick me up if you're down or whatever, it's just it just gives such encouraging. They showed this one about this dog that was found underneath a truck in California. It looked like it had skate everything. And then they nurtured it back to life and they show it getting adopted by a family and they show it just feel good stories like that. It's really and mm-hmm. we need more of that. You know, yeah. I mean, we we really do. We need more more stories like that instead of some of the stuff that we're always I mean, the negativity and stuff, I just get so sick of it. That's why I bought up Champ and Major. I thought yeah. they were, it was No, I think that's a neat story. They're it's gorgeous a, dogs, too. Yeah. It, it, the White House needs animals. They're gorgeous dogs. German Shepherds are gorgeous, and they're good dogs, too. I've got a buddy of mine who has a German Shepherd, and I'll tell you, it's a really, it, sometimes it's too needy. It just constantly, hey, love me, love me. <laughs> you know, when you go over there and just, hey, man, I'm right here, love me, play with me. You know, and it just never lets you go. But, yeah, that's what you want in a dog more than just being aloof. The only time I ever see that German Shepherd get kind of back off is when the little Yorkie who runs the freaking world growls at him, then he goes and hides. And this Yorkie's about five pounds. My biggest worry about having a dog that size in my neighborhood, and I'm being serious, would be a, an owl or a hawk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's owls that swoop down all the time in my neighborhood. Well, they they, they could take little bear in a heartbeat. And a hawk. You ever? I mean, Captain. We Dibber, had three hawks in our backyard this spring. Yeah, and they will. They'll take a. They'll take a small. I've seen them take squirrel. Those things oh, are amazing. I was out with Henry and. <laughs> You know, when Uh-oh. he was real little. Is this going to be a tragic story? I think I've heard this one, but tell it again. Does somebody get killed? Well, he, I said, he goes, Bunny. And I said, oh, look at the bunny. I, yeah. And the hawk just came and swooped. I don't know why I'm laughing. I know what you mean, though. The hawk got him? Oh, yeah. Just... <laughs> I mean, picked him up, and that, that was, was it. Was Henry traumatized? No, I said, oh, look. The They're playing. Hawk, the hawk has given the bunny a ride. Yeah. And I took him to the house. <laughs> that, is, that is a funny story. Yeah, well, if, Giving him a ride, all right. Unless you're the hawk. One of the strangest ones I saw, and I don't know what kind of bird it was because it was by the ocean, they showed this big, giant bird swooping down and taking a like a three-foot um, shark from the water and yeah. taking it and flying with it and taking it somewhere and eating it. And they showed the shark shaking and trying to get loose and this thing had its claws in it. It wasn't going anywhere. And it, it went viral on it went viral on the internet. It, it was kind of disturbing, but yeah. but it just goes to show you though. No, I do. I mean, well, I nature mean, is nasty. Oh, it is really nasty. Completely nasty. I, I mean, yesterday if I was bored and I said, you know, I haven't seen a cheetah run for a while. So I Googled cheetah run and it shows me a cheetah running and mauling this poor little baby what do you antelope not what do you call those things they go after and this could be an antelope but it, and it's just it, it showed the thing yelping and crying i'm like yeah i didn't need that yeah i can, no i can't but watch man those. when you watch those cheetah this thing they clocked it at going 72 miles per hour think about that yeah i can't watch those. i can't watch animals getting killed I, I i can't do it i've never been able to do it hello oh sorry about that yeah but well, it's 10.45. We got, man, we got... I Googled uh, Cheetah and uh, the Trump family came up. <laughs> <laughs> so any, 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 any news on that front before we call it a, before we call it a, a show? Uh, Trump refusing to concede. Some Republican senators asking him not to concede. Yeah. Cruz and Lindsey Graham. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. so... It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God for football. Thank God for basketball getting ready to start. And you saw Desmond King had a yeah. return to fumble for a touchdown. I'll bet the Titans are glad they got him. He's re- he's there with Amani Hooker now. So mm-hmm. 
that's um, good for him because, man, it was not good for him in all Los Angeles. There are a couple of reports coming out saying that he was, you know, late for media. It sounds like they wanted him out too. Yeah. So hopefully both sides will be better off from this because I still think Desmond, if you just give him a chance, he's a playmaker. He's showing it whenever he gets a chance. Yep. So, all right. Well, um, thanks again to Don Patterson. 45 minutes of great insight and the phone things. We're, we've got all that figured out now. And you didn't even take a break. No. <clears throat> Too much to break down. Yeah, we didn't take a break. No. That means we can take a double break on Wednesday. Take a really long one. <laughs> well, we a Justin Roberts break. We won't have a show Friday. What's going? Oh, that's right. So we'll have to really just we'll, break it down. We're going to have to break. We're going to have to go to levels Wednesday that I'm not sure we're capable of doing. No, but, you we're know, not capable. We got two days to prepare for it. All right. Mentally, emotionally, Let's spiritually. Get started. All right. All right. Uh, Hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. It's free.